Hey everyone, it's David Duchovny. Do you ever feel like a failure? Trust me, I get it. Hell, I've spent my whole life almost feeling like a failure. It's appropriate though, because on Fail Better, my new podcast with Lemonada Media, exploring the world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives is the whole point. Each week I'll chat with artists, athletes, actors, and experts about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, I hope we can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out on May 7th, wherever you get your podcasts. At Lemonada Media, we are on a mission to make life suck less. That's why we are so excited to announce the launch of our newest show, Good Things, a podcast we specifically created to highlight people and organizations who make our world a better place. Hosted by a rotating cast of our favorite Lemonada hosts and special guests, Good Things highlights incredible organizations that are solving our country's most complex issues. From working to improve the American foster care system to fighting to increase diversity and inclusion initiatives, this show shines a light on the fixers out there who are working to make good things happen. Good Things is available now, wherever you get your podcasts. Lemonada. I literally had to physically keep men and boys at bay, like at at all costs, right? Just to like retain my virtue. And it was like normal. Ooh, retain your virtue. I know. I say that. I love it. Hi, I'm Kiki Monique. My pronouns are she, her. Hi, my name is Oha Lopez. My pronouns are she, her, and you are listening to Good Sex. Kiki, you and I, we host a podcast together on Lemonada Media called I'm Sorry, and it's a podcast about apologies and about big kind of pop culture gaffes. And so we honestly talk about other people. We really don't talk very much about ourselves. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I I talk about sex a lot with, like, the people um, I don't see virtually, like the people I see in real life. <laughs> right. Um, but we have never talked about sex. Which, Not you and I. You know, is normal for coworkers. I would say <laughs> if you're coworkers with somebody, it's normal not to talk about sex. But, you know, we're more than just coworkers. So I, I think that this is, this is, it's time. It's time for this conversation. It's definitely time. I tend to be kind of like very like fiercely private about my relationships. I mean, I definitely grew up highly Catholic in a place that very much in Venezuela, people were like, if you're not a virgin, you're never going to get married. You'll never amount to anything. And there was a lot of slut shaming for me growing up, for sure. Oh. See, I don't think, I would say growing up, we I grew up in, an, in a, around friends who we, we always said, like, we're going to, like, stay virgin until we're married. We said that until about eighth grade. And then high school came along. <laughs> so when you're true, and, when the real hormones started to fucking yeah, rage their head. We were kind we of quickly like. quickly went mm, back on this promise, right? Exactly. So then it was like, it was like a whole, it was a whole different thing. Yeah. I mean, do you remember what your body felt like in that moment? Like, physically, I remember, like, the levels of, like, horniness and flush that my body went through when I was, like, 14, 15. I mean, 
Kiki, I swear to God, this is the, this is the first time I ever remember feeling shame. But I was like eleven years old, and I I like screamed at my best friend Natalie, and I was like, Natalie, you have to check this out. And then I went over to a table corner and rubbed my vagina on the table corner, Jesus. and I was like, Have you seen? Have you checked this shit out? And Natalie's face turned over to me in a in just like the most horrifying face that I and I was like. I've done something wrong. I've <laughs> fucked up and I don't know what it is because nobody ever told me that you weren't supposed to publicly rub your vagina on a corner of a table. Uh, um, but Natalie Freud had apparently learned that lesson. Um, and it just, this age is so bizarre. It's I like, didn't know that was a lesson that we had to teach the kids. Yeah, there's a lot of things out there. You actually have to teach 100% of things. We don't naturally just learn um, by seeing because I have never observed a person do what I did in that moment Um, (laughs) because that's not appropriate. (laughs) So uh, another question for you. So is there anyone in your sexual history that you need to apologize to or somebody that you would like an apology from? Well, every man owes me an apology from the time I probably started having (laughs) sex because they were... um, Pests, you know, and fucking annoying. Uh, like I dated this one guy. I don't even know. I don't even know why I liked him so much. Like I, you know how you just sometimes you just like someone and you know they're like you know they're bad news as you are actively in that relationship with them. And I can't even call it a relationship because it wasn't like he ever took me out. And I feel like we only had sex in the back of my car. Like, it was just a weird summer fling, and he still lived with his, you know, parents because we were young, and yeah, he never took me anywhere, and so it was like we would just, like, hang out and then, like, have sex in the back of my car, you know, and it was like... Ugh, Car like, sex just, is wrong. I t- truly just don't believe there's a comfortable way unless you have like a, you know, like a 2001 Odyssey. I don't know why that specific car is. Well, I, it's maybe because I have had sex inside of a 2001 Odyssey. But that's that, that's either, that's neither here nor there. I mean, but I'm impressed truly, because I mean, I <laughs> look, it, me in my current state, I'm trying to envision myself having sex in the back of my car. I, I it, There would be some gymnastics involved. And Absolutely so it does remind not. me of, a um a thinner and more flexible time in my life. <laughs> even then, even as a teenager, I was like, it's not right in here. I'm getting like, you know, weird hard edges in all of my soft bits. This is not okay. Who owes you an apology or do who do you owe an apology to? Um, I'll say his initials are RP. We, you know, when you're young, you don't have a place to go. Like, famously, there is no place where you can fool around unless it's, like, your parents are out of town or you're in some kind of car or whatever. And so we ended up, like, making out on, like, in his driveway in the pitch black black darkness or whatever. And we're, like, on the ground of where cars are usually parked, right outside of his house. And... He sort of, like, starts mumbling or whatever, and he starts talking about, I don't know, some girl that he's still, like, in love with and starts fully kind of, like, crying a little bit. In the middle of the makeout session? In the middle of this makeout. And it was, like, a hot and heavy session. I was really into this dude. And he starts sort of mumbling and crying about his ex-girlfriend and sort of, like, kind of, like, separates from this hot and heavy session. I have one boob out. 
<laughs> so I just sort of like gently plop my single breast back in. Tuck, tuck the tit in. I tuck the tit in. And I just kind of like sit there and just sort of like listen to RP. I'm not even joking for like 45 minutes. Oh but, my God. Um, yeah, don't do that to people. I feel like if you're in the middle of a hot and heavy session, either you say, hey, I need to stop and you need to go. But you can't now rely on me emotionally when I'm all horned up. No, like, not when there is a titty out. No, not when there's a titty not. out. I'm in a vulnerable state. I I get a lot of glimpses into your life through the podcast. And I want to know, like, what is your type and why? Because I do have, like, a kind of a little bit of an idea, but I want more. I don't know if I have a type, but what I will say is... Look, do I love a guy with, like, an accent who has a shaved head and tattoos? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Do I love, you know, a guy who, I won't say uncouth, but, like, pretty rough around the edges? Yeah, like, that's my type. What is it about, like, the rough around the edges that gets gets your shit going? I think it's just what I grew up with. It's like mm. it's 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 the boys that I grew up around and like it was the boys I was attracted to and so I just yeah. never outgrew them because yeah. because one they were terrible. Like they were yeah. awful boyfriends. They were awful like in general <laughs> and because they were just so shitty, I of course am like more attracted to them. It's terrible. I'm not saying that I've grown up, I've have better taste, like I've learned lessons. I have, but it hasn't changed my attraction level. Yeah. There is something about that type in particular. I, I would say I've got kind of two types. I have like a type for kind of like boys or like uh, where I, and I agree, it's very informed by like my teenage years, which is like kind of short Hispanic guys that look a little nerdy. And especially like, oh man, if I see like a Venezuelan guy who is really into soccer, who looks like he would make fun of me, I'm like, I immediately have a boner. I'm like, <laughs> oh damn, uh, this boy is really going to wreck um, my heart and also my pussy, you know? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So I would say that's my one type on boys. Um, I tend to like, like, really androgynous, um, like, women or lesbians or even non-binary people. Um, because I would, I would, I like kind of like your type, sort of what you're describing in, like, the men that you like is what I like in women or non-binary people. Like, a little edge, some tattoos, a pompadour, some good hair, some great style, um, and a little bit of teasing, you know? Just a little Interesting that, like, yeah, like, between male and female, there's just, like, a difference in, like, what you want from each of them. That's interesting. It's, uh, yeah, it's wild to me because types are... I'll call it kind of like kink origin stories in some ways. And I always wonder about like kink or attraction origin stories. Like there's this moment in my life that I envision like a fork in the road where I was like, I envision myself like just sort of like walking through a mall or whatever. And I just see like this one guy in a striped shirt when I was nine years old with like a drip of sweat coming down his his face and like a Nick Carter, you know, like blonde middle part hairdo. And I just got like horny for it for the very first time. And somehow that it like imprinted in my life. And now I see a guy that looks like that. And that's my kink. Like, how do they start? Mm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say, yeah, your kink origin story is, is all those bad boys in high school. <laughs> love them. I love them. Do you want to be a guest on Good Sex? Either solo or with someone else? Well, fill out the form in the episode notes for a chance to appear on the podcast. And don't worry, it'll be safe and fun, just like the show. Do you ever get hit with a cringy memory of your 13-year-old self out of nowhere and suddenly you're panic sweating and laughing at the same time? Don't, don't worry, don't worry, we all get that. It's because being an adolescent is one of the most visceral shared experiences we have as people. And we want to talk about it. Join me, Penn Badgley, and my two friends, Nava and Sophie, on Podcrushed as we interview celebrity guests about the joys and horrors of being a teenager and how those moments made them who they are today. New episodes of Podcrushed are out now, wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. After season one aired, I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. And of course, my 90-year-old mom, Judy. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me Season 2 is out now from Lemonada Media. Kate, do you have like a kink? Is there something like specific that you're like, oh? I don't think anything in particular because I feel like with every guy, mm-hmm. something new gets unlocked because they like to try different things. And then yeah. I may discover... Oh, I like doing that with, you know, certain people. One thing I will tell you I will never be into, Mm -hmm. I know what is never going to be my kink, do not touch my ears. Do not stick a tongue in my ear. Do (gasps) not, like, lick an ear. I, just thinking about it, like, it makes me, gives me, oh, God, I just can't. Just stay away from, keep your tongue out my ear. I love, I love, I would call it earlingus. Audiolingus. I love it. That I love it, and then I love it's like if people tickle my ribs, girl, I'm gone. My air balloon is off in the skies. (laughs) Oh my, that's so interesting. And again, like uh, the reason why so many of these conversations are like you have to talk to your person, you have to talk to people because, like, literally, you can have a move or a kink, and if you do that exact move on me, I would be like, yes, honey. But if somebody does that move on you. You would run a million fucking miles oh, yeah. in the opposite oh, yeah. direction. Oh, yeah, and biting nipples. Because I have big boobs, like, p- men love to, like, you know, be all in it. And I'm like, just do not bite my nipples. I will, like, I literally will punch you. So I, this is a, a, a disclaimer. So for a really long time, I, I think maybe, like, from ages, like, 22 to, like, maybe 26 or something like that, 27. I literally, I had no sex and didn't sleep with anyone. Um, But there's like certain areas of my life that I haven't fully like unpacked as to like why I was doing or not doing certain things. But like, have you ever gone through like a dry spell? Because I don't really talk about it very often. But do you, have you ever gone like just a very long period of time without having sex? I'm in my first one now. Like, I 
when I moved to LA, it was in the middle of COVID. I mean, we're, we're always in the middle of COVID. I think you know we're <laughs> sure, in the middle. Perpetually. And so I one wanted to hang out with people, and they were weird about their bubbles, and so like I, you know, I felt mm-hmm. weird. I thought you were going to say they were weird about their dicks, and I was like, yeah, <laughs> that's that's like really common. But continue. So I felt like. I couldn't really meet strangers and then try to go hang out with my friends. So that sort of like capped that. And then while I was here, I was just so focused on my career. And I'm one of those people that I can't like separate like when things, if I don't feel good about myself career-wise and like it really does translate to so many other things because I just like, I don't know, I'm I'm very career-focused and just wanting to like be rich and like all of those things. And so because I'm just in this new place and doing these new things, I don't even feel sexy to myself because I'm like, I feel like I'm on the struggle bus like so much. And so I don't, like I just, I turned it off. I was like, I would go on dating apps just to like know that I was still wanted. People wanted to meet up with me. And then I would just like ghost them and be like, I'm not talking to you anymore. Um that combined with like now monkeypox between these two things, I am like, I, you know what? My vibrator is perfectly fine and I have sex with it all the time. And that is what I need right now. Cause I was like, I'm realizing I'm doing this because other people will think it's weird if I'm not having sex. Yeah. I don't feel weird about the fact that I'm not having sex. So why am I doing this? For other people so they don't think I'm weird? Yeah, uh, that's a great point. I definitely felt weird, like, when I was not having sex. Like, And I think that I totally let myself be sort of um, taken over by the idea of, like, I'm not having sex. I still haven't had sex, and it's been so long, and now it's been a year, and oh my god, it's been two years. And there is this feeling of, like, there's something, like, wrong with you or something, like... I don't know exactly what it is, but I think it, like, you start adding layers of, like, weird shame on top of it versus, like, dispelling. So I'm so glad that you're not, like, that you're not caught up in that because there's definitely, um, I mean, it took, like, therapy and, like, a lot of thinking for me to get back into a place where I was like, you know what, I'm just going to put myself out there and I'm just going to keep putting myself out there. And then very soon after, like, my mindset changed, I feel like I... Like, it wasn't even like I went and had sex. I just, like, started being more open to the possibility, and then it sort of naturally happened. You know, I do think a lot about, like, there's going to come in time in life when the last time you had sex is the last time you <gasps> oh had sex, God, right? I've never and thought about that. what if you don't know when that is? And, like, I don't think I'm there yet. I don't think the last time I had sex is going to be the last time I had sex. I think there's plenty of sex to have, and I just, like— it's just not if for the first time it's just not something i think about and it's not something that's driving me and i um and i'm almost closed off to it cuz i just want to focus on other things oh so a question for you cuz you moved from new york to los angeles do you like feel any difference in like dating between new york and la well i think most of my time in New York, I was in long-term relationships. So mm, I okay. feel like my dating was a lot different, like, when I, it was very sporadic. I didn't do much of it um, 
in the beginning I had a lot of sex and then I met, you know, and it was like, and then it yeah. was like, and then it was like a lot of sex. I don't know if I did like a lot of dating. It was like relationships or sex. Um, part of the reason I am in this sort of like not wanting to just hook up with people is because I also think I've grown and really come into my own self of what I deserve. And like, sort of like the sort of fuck boys that I would have put up, I put up with in New York, I actually wouldn't put up with now. And so when, when they come around, I just like, I'm like, you don't deserve this. I can't even, no matter how much I just want to have sex, I don't think that you deserve to be the one that gives it to me. Okay. Girl, you are giving me high dominatrix vibes. You are giving me, <laughs> you are giving me, you little weasel. Like, you are giving me, <laughs> I, I like this Kiki vibe. The way that I think of you is kind of like that, almost. I'm like, I feel like you're a power bitch and you're very, like, strong in your opinions. And I could, I don't know, I could kind of see that. No, you. I would love that. I would absolutely take that on as a career. Um I've always wanted to be a madam. I've always wanted to run like you would be um, so good at that a brothel and be a madam and just like making sure all my all my girls were taken care of and running <laughs> yes. running stuff. I'm excited. Uh, I think that if you did decide to be a, a dominatrix or a madam, I would fully support you. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. You can find Oha and I on I'm Sorry, anywhere you get your podcast. You can also follow us on Instagram at I'm Sorry underscore podcast. Thank you for having us. Good Sex is a Lemonada Media original. The show is produced by Keegan Zema and Donnie Matias. Our supervising producer is Jorge Olivares. Executive producers are Stephanie Whittles-Wax and Jessica Cordova-Kramer. Music is by Dan Molod and APM Music. If you like good sex, please rate and review us. Listen and follow for new episodes each week wherever you're listening right now. And if you want more good sex, subscribe to Lemonada Premium for some quickies. Additional conversations between our guests only on Apple Podcasts. Join us on Archetypes, a dynamic podcast hosted by Megan, the Duchess of Sussex, as she digs into the labels that try to hold women back. In each intimate and candid conversation, Megan is joined by guests like Serena Williams, Mariah Carey, Paris Hilton, Issa Rae, and Trevor Noah as they delve into the roots of countless common descriptors of women like diva, crazy, dumb blonde, and the B word, and redefine and reclaim each identity along the way. The complete season of Archetypes is out now wherever you get your podcasts. Last Day from Lemonada Media explores the moments that change us. Those times where you look back and say, whoa, one day I was myself and the next I wasn't. I'm Stephanie Whittles-Wax, and I have seen time and time again how sharing these stories can change lives. So do you have a moment in your life that changed you fundamentally and forever? What happened? How did you move through it? And how did you eventually start again? If you'd like to share your story, go to bit.ly slash lastdaystories, bit.ly slash lastdaystories. We can't wait to hear from you.